Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 91 of the Money Love Podcast. Guys, oh man, before we jump in today, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for the outpouring of love and support from last week's episode coming back. I was honestly pretty nervous about it going live because, I mean, if you listen to it, (laughs) you, I mean, I hope that you could hear how vulnerable I was and how I was trying to be as honest and open with you guys. And I almost didn't put it out because I really didn't know how it was going to be received. But the amount of messages, DMs on Instagrams, emails that I got from you guys just saying that you listened to it and you appreciated my openness and honesty or just saying that it really resonated with you because you had a similar postpartum experience. Or I even got several messages from those of you who are kind of in the season of thinking that you might want to start a family soon and just saying like, listen, it was really helpful just to kind of listen to an honest account of somebody's postpartum experience. And so I just want you guys to know if you've reached out, I'm still working on getting back to everyone. So please know that if you took the time to respond to me, well, not only took the time to listen to the episode, but also respond to me and send me a message, I will be getting back to you. I'm just working through those. So again, thank you guys for listening and thank you for just welcoming me back with open arms. I'm so pumped to be back and I am so excited to really just jump into a topic episode this week. And I have a really important message for you guys today. And I'm really hoping this episode isn't too long, (laughs) but honestly, I have a lot to say on this topic. So Let's just buckle up and settle in because I think this week I want to talk to you about being influenced by social media. And that is why I have titled this episode, Hashtag Influenced. I've been talking a lot about this topic over on my TikTok this past week. And if you're not following me on TikTok, please do. My handle is at overcoming underscore overspending. But I've done a couple of videos in the past week, and several of them actually have blown up and gone viral and have attracted a lot of attention. And I think it's mostly because in the videos I'm posting, there are a lot of people in the comments just taking the time to say, like, thank you. I really needed this, or this really resonated with me, or thank you for talking about this because this is something that I struggle with, things like that. And I even had a couple of people say, I really wish that I could just listen to a podcast episode about this, like an entire podcast episode. And so I thought, well, then let's do it because I have a lot to say, a lot more than I can possibly get into a three-minute video. And so I thought it was the perfect topic to talk about because what really sparked me doing some videos about this that I posted on TikTok was Mascara Gate. And Mascara Gate triggered this hashtag on social media called the de-influencer hashtag, hashtag de-influencer. And if you're like, Paige, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. What's Mascara Gate? What's de-influencer? I'll explain the situation to those of you who really aren't in the up and up in terms of the most recent like social media drama, which it's totally fine if you're not. Honestly, if you're not and you have no clue what I'm talking about, then good for you, truthfully, (laughs) that you're not enthralled in it like I am. So 
I'm going to try to explain this as quickly as I can, but on social media, there's this very, very big, prominent, she has a huge following, close to 15 million followers on TikTok. Her name is Michaela something, but she's a beauty and a makeup influencer. And I want to say it was like two weeks ago, but she did a paid sponsored post for L'Oreal where she was reviewing a mascara. And she opens up the video saying, this product changed my life. Oh my gosh, no mascara is ever going to be able to compete with this. And there's this video of her applying the mascara. And then at the end of the video, it's pretty clear to, I guess, people who are like good with makeup and good with beauty stuff. To be honest, I would have never been able to tell because I'm just not savvy with that sort of stuff. But a lot of people picked up pretty quickly that towards the end of the video, she had put a false lash on her eyelashes. And the problem was, is that A, it was a sponsored post. So she was being paid to promote this mascara. And B, at the end of the video, she had placed a false lash on her eyelashes and she was kind of playing it off like those were her natural lashes. And that's what her lashes looked like with the mascara. But the truth is, is that that's what her lashes looked like with the mascara plus a false lash. And so people started pouring into the comments being like, Hey, you're clearly wearing a false lash here. This is dishonest. You're not representing the product correctly. And I think people really kind of started to get into this mindset of, okay, we're kind of getting sick of this. We're kind of getting sick of getting on social media and seeing all of these influencers push products to us. And do they really like them? Do they genuinely like them? Like, are you actually impressed with this product? Is this something that you would really recommend to me as one of your followers? Or are you simply just telling me that it's really good because you're being paid to tell me that it's really good? So this whole situation sparked this de-influencer trend. And so all of these people then started going on TikTok and social media and all these places using the hashtag de-influencing or de-influencer. And they started doing all of these videos about all of these products that they've used or tried in the past that are overhyped. So all these videos started flooding out saying, okay, I'm going to de-influence you. Instead of recommending products to you, I'm going to tell you which products you shouldn't buy. But the hilarious thing that I find, this is just a total side note, is that many of these de-influencing videos are actually not de-influencing videos because they're telling you products that they don't like and they're telling you products that you shouldn't buy because they're overhyped or they're too pricey or they're just not good products. But then what they're doing is they're saying, okay, listen, don't buy this product. I'm not a huge fan of this product, but instead you should try this. So it's hilarious because these people get on and think I'm de-influencing you. But honestly, what I found people in the comments are saying this as well. They're like, um, you're kind of just doing what you've always done. You're kind of just reviewing products and telling me which ones are good and which ones are bad. And honestly, you telling me products that you don't like, but then offering up your tried and true alternative makes me want to go out and buy your recommendation. Like your de-influencer video, quote unquote, is influencing me more than it's de-influencing me. So all that to say, that's the whole situation. If you haven't been in the loop, which again is totally fine if you haven't, but just seeing all these people talk about de-influencing and reading all of these comments on social media of people saying, you know what? I'm getting sick of this. Like overconsumption is the new ick. I'm really happy that this conversation is finally 
coming to the forefront. And so I figured this is the perfect time we talk about it and dive in to this episode on the show. Now, I don't think that we're anywhere close to seeing a huge shift in these trends, unfortunately. But I do think that many of us are starting to wake up and really question the influence that social media is having on our mental and emotional well-being and also on our finances, on our pocketbooks. We all have our favorites that we follow on social media, but the question that we all need to think about is, how impressionable am I? Am I someone who is easily influenced by others? Am I someone who is constantly looking to other people to inform my decisions? Do I trust a stranger on the internet more to tell me what I need rather than trusting my own opinions and convictions of what I need? Am I just trying to be a copycat of someone else and creating a carbon copy of some stranger's life that I don't even know that I see on the internet? Or am I someone who is self-assured, who is confident, who feels sound in her ability to make her own choices without needing the suggestions, the guidance, and the influence of other people? And a lot of the times, other people that I don't even know. And I think that so many of us are really like waking up and opening our eyes and realizing like, oh, wait, just because I go out and create a carbon copy of someone's life on the internet that I see, it's not a guarantee of happiness or life fulfillment. I want to read this to you really quickly. I saw this written on like a sub Reddit page and it really struck me. It was a person saying that they were deeply in debt from online shopping. They had a lot of credit card debt. And this is what they said. They said, what I am most upset by is that by buying new clothes and things, my life didn't change. I didn't become like the girls I see on social media and spend all of my time dreaming about becoming. I didn't travel. I didn't make new friends, create art, read more books, improve my skills, upgrade my career, start a business, buy a car, move out of my parents' house, or feel happier. I have none of that. I spent my entire salary and savings on clothes, beauty items, and food delivery. And then she just said, I'm sad. I'm assuming that this is a she. But I read that and oh, like I almost wanted to just like burst into tears for this person reading that because you could just hear her sadness, her disappointment, and almost like her despair when she was writing this. And I know the past couple of years, this influencer culture has become really big, right? But If we're really being honest, it doesn't feel good to be someone who is easily influenced, right? I don't think it does because when you are easily influenced, it feels like you don't have a strong sense of self. It's like you don't know yourself very well. So from a self-confidence perspective, it doesn't feel great. But also being easily influenced is really expensive as well because you're out there spending money on things that you don't really want, but you're only doing it because someone told you that you should want them, not because they're things that you actually want or they're aligned purchases to your wants, your goals, your preferences, or your personality. You assume that other people know what's best for you better than you know what's best for you, which when we say that out loud... And we really think about that statement. It's like, okay, well, that's just ridiculous. But so many of us are buying so much stuff that we don't really need because it's trendy or our favorite influencer has it or some popular voice on our phone screens 
told us how obsessed with it she is and how much we need it. And then we listen to them. We go out and we're influenced and we follow their instructions. Now, I do want to make a quick just distinction here, okay? Like, I'm not saying that it's bad to buy things off the internet or to take recommendations of someone to inform a purchase that you're already looking to make, okay? Like, it's one thing if you've been thinking and planning to buy something because it's something that you want or you have a need for and you've been planning and saving for it. It's one thing to be like, oh, I've been needing this or I've been thinking about buying this one thing because you have an actual need in it or interest in it. It's something that you've been contemplating for a while. And so you see someone recommend something that aligns with that and you use that recommendation to inform a future purchase, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the purchases that we make, and most of us have been there, myself included, I'm not exempt from this, that are very impulsive in nature. They are things that it's like you are seeing this product for the very first time. You didn't even know that this thing existed until 30 seconds ago when it popped up on your phone screen. It's not something that you've been planning. It's not something that you've been considering. But then you see someone on the internet telling you that you have to have it. And then before you know it, you're on your Amazon app, adding it to your cart, and you're buying some random gadget or some random beauty product or home decor item just out of the blue. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. And remember, I'm always telling you guys that spending money isn't bad at all. But we want our purchases to be planned ahead of time and aligned, meaning that they will provide value to us and they have a clear place and purpose in our world. So I wanted to make that quick little disclaimer, okay? I'm not saying it's bad to take people's recommendations, but I think we all clearly know the distinction there and what I'm talking about. So here's kind of the two things I want to talk about for the rest of the episode. I want to talk about one, why I think that we are so easily influenced by what we see on social media. And then I also do want to give you guys some tips on how to become less susceptible to reacting to what you see on social media in terms of your spending and your consumption habits. So someone actually reached out to me last week in response to my video and asked if we could do an interview with me on the de-influencing trend, um, which was really cool. I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. But one of the questions that the interviewer asked me was, why do you think that Now, in today's climate and as a society, we're so easily influenced by the things that we see and by the people that we follow on social media. And it's a great question. And I gave her the best answer that I could at the time off the cuff, but it's something that I've actually been giving quite a bit of thought to after the fact. And so I wanted just to kind of give you my more thought out answer to that question here on the podcast. I think all of us being so easily influenced really comes down to our emotions our feelings. Remember that feelings are the fuel that drive everything that we do, every action that we take and that we don't take, but our feelings are also the source of everything that we want and desire. If we want and desire something, it's only because of the way we think it's going to make us feel once we have it. And in marketing, they always say that people don't buy the product they buy the transformation. So what they mean by that is someone's not buying a gym membership. They are buying a skinnier body. People don't buy a planner. They're buying being more efficient with their time. But it goes even deeper than that, I think. Okay, It goes even deeper than us buying the transformation. Because yes, when we buy products, we are buying the benefit that they provide to us. Like that's what we're thinking just surface level. 
But if we start to peel back the layers, what we're really buying, what's underneath all of that is we are buying the emotional response, the emotional experience that we think we will suddenly have available to us once we receive or achieve the benefit of the product. Okay, here's what I mean. So you go and you buy a gym membership for the benefit of losing weight and having a smaller, skinnier body. Okay, that's the transformation. But if we peel back the layer, again, what you're really seeking and the most powerful driver behind why you got the gym membership is because of how you think you're going to feel once you have the skinnier body. So there's the transformation, and then there's how you think you're going to feel once you've achieved the transformation. You buy the planner to be more organized, but you're really buying the future emotional promise of feeling more productive. Okay. You see, we're not buying products. We're buying feelings. Now I talk about feelings because again, this drives all of our purchasing decisions. But the problem is now that we have a look into people's lives that we haven't always had. We get to see so many intricate details of people's lives. And because of that, we think that we also get to see and have a good handle on people's emotional realities. So we see someone on social media and we assume, oh, she seems so happy. Oh, she's such a confident person. Oh, she's so efficient with her time. She's so productive. And the truth is, is that everyone's life that you see on the internet, regardless of how big their following is or how big of an influence they have, everyone's life on the internet that you see is 50-50. It's 50% positive and 50% negative. There is no human being on planet earth that can escape this reality because we all have human brains and that's just the reality of the human experience. But guess what? We're not seeing the 50% negative parts for most of the people that we follow on social media. We are only seeing what they want us to see, which for most creators is the positive parts of their lives and their days. And even the influencers who are showing you the harder parts or the more difficult snippets or facets of life that's still not so great, even still, that is cherry-picked and it's still curated. But again, we are constantly just getting a highlight reel, which is an inaccurate representation of how real life is. And when that's what we're seeing all day, every day, we see these people and we think, wow, they look so happy. They have such an amazing life. They're so beautiful. They're so successful. They're never sad. They never struggle. They never go through challenges. Their life looks so amazing. But here's the dangerous part about all of that. First of all, you don't know that's how they feel. Okay, you're assuming that's how they feel. You cannot say for sure that that is the emotional experience that they have going through life because we just never know, right? Like going back to Michaela, 
who was the girl that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode with Mascara Gate. I've actually talked about her on a past episode before, but she is actually someone who has been very open and very vocal about her mental health issues. She's had an eating disorder in the past. She struggles severely with depression and anxiety. And so anyone just looking at her life from the outside, okay, she's got a huge following. She makes tons of money. She just gets to like wear makeup all day and be an influencer all all day. Her life just must be so great and so perfect. When you really see it, and we only know this because she openly talks about it, she's honestly quite unhappy on the inside. So it's a really dangerous thing for us to just look at someone's life and make assumptions about their emotional experience. But in addition to us doing that, In addition to us saying, oh, she must be so happy all the time. She must feel so successful all the time. We also assume that we know the source or the cause of their emotional states. And we think, oh, the reason that she's so happy is because she has the perfect house. Oh, the reason she's so confident is because she has a killer wardrobe. Oh, The reason she's so productive and organized is because she has all of the organizational gear and bins and all that sort of stuff. Oh, the reason that she's so beautiful is because she uses this skincare line and she has all the best makeup products. So my theory, I'm telling you all this because my theory is that the reason that we are so easily influenced, it really boils down to us being so desperate to feel differently than we do to feel better than we do. It's us fighting against and resisting what is, and we are searching for answers and solutions and places where they can't be found. That's really what it all boils down to, is wanting to feel better or to feel good. And remember that feelings can never come from external circumstances. Feelings come from within, from our thinking, our beliefs, and our perspectives. And someone having the perfect skincare routine or having 12 different types of ice cubes to choose from. You guys know the videos I'm talking about with the ice cubes, right? Someone having a designer wardrobe, it's not a guarantee of happiness or life fulfillment. And the biggest lie that we buy into on social media is that these people that we see have access to an emotional experience that we do not because they have something in their external world that we do not. And it's simply not true. We are correlating how a stranger feels on the internet to what they have and how much of it they have. And it's just BS, all of it. It's not true. But when we believe that, when we correlate those two things, when we attribute someone being happier, more confident, more beautiful, more successful than we are because of the material possessions that they have and because of what their external world looks like, we think that the solution to creating that same emotional response for ourselves that we so deeply desire is to go out and acquire and buy what they have just to hit copy and paste on someone else's life, right? Because that has to be the answer. If I just go out and make my outside look like their outside, then my inside will get to be like their inside. And it's just so flawed because not only is that not the solution, But we're also just not even getting the entire picture about how someone is really doing emotionally. But then we do that, right? Okay. So we make these assumptions. We think that's the answer and the solution. So we do that. We go out and we buy all the things that people are telling us that we quote unquote need or have to have that they're quote unquote obsessed with, right? Thinking like, okay, this is going to be it. 
This is going to be the product that's finally going to be it for me. And of course, it's not because products don't have the ability to do that for us. Products provide us a benefit. Yes, of course. But they cannot give you what you're really seeking, right? And remember, what you're really seeking is a feeling. That's why I took you down that whole rabbit hole earlier on in the episode about feelings. That's what you're really after. And that's what you're really seeking. And the truth is that nothing in our external world can give us something that can only come from within. We are looking for solutions to internal problems within our external world. And then instead of slowing down and realizing, oh, wait, maybe it's not the product's job to do this for me. Maybe no matter what I buy or how much I have, it's not going to ultimately make me feel complete. We think that the fault lies with the product. We think, oh, nope, 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 nope. This just wasn't it. This just was the wrong product. And the right product is out there. And I just need to go out and find it and keep buying my way through life until I hit the jackpot. And I finally find this magical product that's going to fix all my problems. But the reality is it's not coming. You're never going to find it because you are playing a losing game. Because what you are searching for, what we're all searching for, cannot be solved with more stuff. And sadly, a lot of people will never figure this out. A lot of people will get on the overconsumption hamster wheel and they will never get off. And it's not their fault necessarily because they're just believing and living into the construct of what we've all been told our entire lives by consumer culture, which is that the goal is to consume as much as you can, as fast as you can, and also that products have the ability to change our lives and fix all of our problems. So I think ultimately, That is why we fall into this trap and why so many of us are out there trying to buy our way to a different life because we think it's the only way that we're going to be able to feel the way that we want to feel. But remember, you guys, that you can't buy a feeling. You can buy products, services, experiences, and yes, those things will provide a benefit to you. It will provide value to you. But the things you own aren't the source of the things that we want most deeply. So how do we break this? How do we become less easily influenced? Well, I have four suggestions for you guys, four different areas that we can really work on here. So let's just go ahead and dive into those four. So here's the first one. You have to keep perspective on what you're seeing and what you're consuming. You really need to slow down and bring a healthy perspective on what you're consuming. And remember that what you're seeing is not 100% reality. Going back to what we talked about earlier, everything you see is curated, it's filtered, or it's a highlight reel. What you are seeing is not attainable. Especially, I want to say this, especially with these bigger influencers, we see their lives, we see their you know, makeup counters or their perfume collection. We see what their fridges and their pantries look like. And please just remember that, like, let's just say you follow somebody in the organization space, right? And they have all these like amazing like bins and containers and everything's beautifully organized and everything's labeled and all of this sort of stuff. You have to remember that more than likely, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, Everything that you're seeing was given to that person completely free. They did not have to go and spend their money, like how you're going to have to go spend your money to create that end result. And that's not to say that you can't 
go do it. Like if you have the money to do it, if it's within your budget and it feels like an aligned purchase to you, knock yourself out. But also don't look at what you're seeing on social media and think, oh, this is the standard. This is the norm. And I can tell you that if you're seeing somebody on social media who is an influencer, especially in a specific space, like if you're following a makeup influencer and you're comparing your makeup stash to their makeup stash, or if you're following maybe like an account that does a lot of like cleaning, right? Comparing your cleaning products and your cleaning gadgets and all of that sort of stuff to theirs, it's not a fair comparison. It's apples to oranges. And just remember that what you're seeing, they were probably sent all of that stuff for free to promote it to you for the end goal of making you think that you need these products as well. That is the entire goal of influencing, but you have to just cool your brain off for a second and you have to just remember, okay, this isn't real. This isn't reality. And just because I see someone on the internet doesn't mean that that is their truth. I so wish that each and every one of us could pick our favorite influencer, our favorite person to follow on the internet and actually get to follow them for an entire day instead of just seeing like little snippets of their life that just get edited into a three minute track and then posted on social media. Because I can guarantee you if we could do that, all of us would have a much different perception of the true reality of how all of these people are living. And it's not as great and glamorous as they make it seem online. And again, it's 50-50, right? Like Alex Earl, she's like the hot girl on Instagram right now, right? And I don't mean hot, like physically hot. I just mean like hot in terms of like everyone's like following her. She's like the it girl to follow on social media right now. And Alex Earl lives a 50-50 life. And I always say this, like her 50-50 might look different and it probably does. Her 50-50 probably looks different than your 50-50. There's no doubting that, but there's also no denying the fact that she also lives a 50-50 life. So that is my first tip to you is just keep this all in perspective. Remember, okay, just because this person is showing me all of the good parts doesn't mean that they also have bad parts. Just because this is what their world, their external environment looks like, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the norm, the standard, or even what I should aspire to. Okay, so that's the first one is just keeping a solid perspective and just doing your best to kind of like bring yourself back down to planet Earth, okay? Now, here's the next one. You have to be onto your brain and you have to be on to the messaging that you are consuming. So this, it kind of relates to the one that we were just talking about, but more so be onto when you hear people talking to you using very extreme and very polarizing language. Okay. That's one thing I'll get into that, but then you also have to be on the extreme and polarizing language that your brain is going to offer you in response. So here's what I mean. It's really nobody's fault because this is just how we've been programmed to talk about products. Again, when we believe that products actually have the ability to change our life, that's how we're going to talk about them. They're going to talk about products in ways that are very extreme and very polarizing. So here's what I mean. They're going to say things like, this product absolutely changed my life. They're going to say, I'm obsessed. They're going to say, I cannot live without this. I would die without my 
such and such. Now, if we really like break down those sentences, those statements, none of them are actually true. Like Michaela in that mascara video, the first words that came out of her mouth in that video were, this mascara just changed my life. And it's like, Michaela, a mascara didn't actually change your life. Okay. Like, let's all be honest. And let's all be honest. You're not going to die without your Stanley cup. And you actually could live without your Ugg minis if you had to. Right. So it's just, it's, it's no one's fault. Right. It's just, this is the way that we've been programmed to talk about products, but we talk about them in a very like extreme way. And when we do that and we consume statements like that from people that we follow and that we look to to make product recommendations, hearing things like that just makes our own brains go haywire. And like I said, because so many of us are very easily influenced, we believe them. We think, oh, this mascara changed your life. Oh, you can't live without your Stanley Cup. Oh, well, the same must be true for me. So then I need to go out and I need to get all of these things, right? So then what's going to happen is then your brain is going to follow suit and it's going to start offering you very intense, very extreme permission giving thoughts that create huge urges within you to go out and splurge, to go out and buy the thing that the influencer is talking about. And so what you have to do is you have to call BS on the statements that you're hearing on social media. And then what you have to do is you also have to call BS on your own brain. I know this sounds a little crazy, but I actually like to talk to my brain like it's separate from me, like it's a separate person, kind of like it's a friend, like a close friend that I kind of have like a witty banter with that I can just be like blunt and honest with. And I'm like, cool it, brain. Honestly, calm down. Like you're being dramatic. It's not true. I don't need this. I don't have to have it. I'm not going to die without it. I'm going to be just fine if I don't get it. I know this one sounds simplistic, but instead of just like kind of doing this type of scrolling where we just numb ourselves out and we're just kind of mindlessly scrolling and we're just kind of like watching and just absorbing and consuming all of the messaging that these influencers are giving us. And when they're talking about things and they're saying, oh my God, I'm so obsessed. I love it so much. You have to have it. You're going to die. Like this is my favorite ever. It's, it's not that they're being dishonest with you. Like I'm sure they actually do like the product, but again, it's like, okay, whoa, <laughs> Let's all go back to our seats, right? Like bridesmaids. It's like, everyone go back to your seats. Let's just all give us some time to kind of cool off here, right? So call BS on what you're hearing and then also call BS on your brain in the response to what it hears. Okay, so that's the second one I have for you. The third one is a tip that's a little bit more actionable in nature. So this is something that I started doing a couple of years ago, and it really has been such a huge game changer for me. And really, it comes down to having personal boundaries with your own consumption habits, making rules and promises to yourself, and actually having the discipline to follow those rules. And I will tell you that one of the biggest ones for me is that I do not buy a new product until I have run out of a product and it needs to be replaced. A lot of the products that I have used, hair, makeup, beauty products, things like that, I have used for at least five years in terms of just like same brand. I have found my tried and trues and I am loyal to them and I stick with them. And again, I have a rule to myself that I 
don't go out and buy something unless I'm out of it. If it's a consumable product or if it's not a consumable product, like maybe let's say like a hair tool, I won't go out and replace it until it's either broken or it's not giving me the results that I want anymore. Like the hair wand that I use to curl my hair, I've had for six years, I think. I was trying to remember when I even got it. I'm like, I've had this thing for at least five or six years, but you know what? It still turns on. It still gets hot. It still curls my hair. My hair still looks amazing. I still like it. So I keep it. I don't need to replace it. So I have found my tried and trues and I stick with them. Now, I know probably what you're thinking. You're like, but Paige, like, what if I do want to try something new? Like, what if I see something and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. I think that might work well for me. That's something that I might want to try. That's perfectly fine. My rule for that is if I find something that kind of piques my interest, that I think, oh, this actually might work really well for me, I don't go get it until I'm out of the thing that it's going to replace. So if I have a face serum and then I see another face serum and I'm like, ooh, this face serum actually looks pretty intriguing to me. Might work well with my skin type, all that sort of stuff. I have a list, which I can talk about a little later, but I have a list of things where I just add like things that I want to buy. I will add it to my things that I want to buy list. And then when I'm out of my current face serum, At that point in time, if I want to go out and try something new, I will go out and try something new. Now, I will say that most of the times I don't. Most of the times I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with my tried and trues. I'm more of the mindset, like if it's not broke, don't try to fix it, right? But if I do want to try something new at that point in time, I can. And with this role, I don't have a bunch of junk and clutter. I don't have 20 of one thing. I don't have 20 foundations. I don't have eight eyeshadow palettes. I don't have 20 different perfume bottles. I don't have 72 body washes. I pretty much have like one of everything. I have one foundation, one mascara, one blush, one eyeshadow palette. Like I have one of everything. And when it's up, I can either choose to replace it with my tried and true, or I can go out and I can try something different. The other thought that my brain is like kind of offering me a lot is, but what if, right? This is just my brain being sneaky, but what if Paige, what if there actually is something out there that you would like more than what you're using right now? Okay your brain might offer you the same question. And listen, don't argue with your brain on that. Don't fight against that and resist that thought because you want to know the truth. (laughs) The truth is, is that your brain is probably right about that. Okay. Even if you have a tried and true that you've used for a long time and you really, really like, you could probably go out and find a product that you like just a little bit more than your tried and true. That's just a little bit incrementally better or more effective than your tried and true. That's probably true. Don't argue with your brain on that. Just accept that fact. So the mascara that I've used, that I've used for, gosh, probably 10 years at this point, like my $10 mascara that I get from Walmart, I would rate it as like an 8.5 out of 10. It's a good mascara. Now, is there a mascara out there that instead of being an 8.5 out of 10 is a 9 out of 10 or a 9.5 out of 10. Honestly, yeah, there probably is. But also my time, my energy, my financial resources have better things to do than go on a treasure hunt for a mascara that is just slightly 
and incrementally better than the mascara that I'm using right now. Because in order to find that, you're going to have to go through 20 other options before you find the better option. You're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to create a lot of junk, a lot of clutter for yourself in the hunt, in the search for that product that's just a little bit better than the one that you keep finding yourself going back to over and over and over. Like I've just come to realize that my resources are much, much more valuable than that. And once you get to that realization, you just realize like, okay, look, this is good enough. Like it's an eight and a half out of 10. I'm happy with that. That's good enough. So let's just slap on our mascara and get on with our days because we have better things to do with our time than like searching for the perfect mascara. Now, another thing is, is like, well, okay, that's not very exciting. It's not very exciting not to be able to like try new products. And I get it, right? Like the brain loves novelty. We love to like have new things and try new things. Like it's fun and it's exciting. But also you guys, finding your tried and trues and sticking with them over a long period of time, that's how you actually see results from your products. And for me, the satisfaction that I get from being able to experience those results of being like committed to a product far outweighs the excitement and the novelty of getting to try new things all of the time. Because remember, the way to get results with a product or honestly, the way to get a result in anything in life is consistent use or consistent dedication over a long period of time. And so bouncing from product to product to product to product isn't going to get you any results. We are so impatient. (laughs) We're so impatient and we live in an instant gratification world. And so what we're doing is we're constantly bouncing from product to product to product. And the second a stranger on the internet is telling us about a product that we absolutely need, we believe them and we go buy it. But we are so impatient and we've developed such an unrealistic expectation about the results that products can give us within a certain timeline, right? Like we think a face cream is going to take 20 years off of our skin after three uses. And of course it doesn't, but when it doesn't, we chalk it up to the product just not being good, right? We're like, oh, I don't like this product. This didn't work. This didn't give me the results that I want. Instead of just realizing like, no, you got to use it more than three times. You got to use it longer than a week (laughs) to really like experience the results that you wanted to get with this product. And so then instead of realizing that we're the problem, because we're just bouncing from product to product to product, we think, oh, it just wasn't a good product. And yes, okay, admittedly, some products just are not good products, okay? Not every product is going to be a home run, but you guys, like, let's just be honest, most products that you're going to try are fairly decent, okay? Like if it's being sold mainstream and a major retail outlet, it's good enough to get on the market, which means it's not terrible, And I'm not saying that you need to continue using a product that's just really bad or that you really, really, truly hate, or that's giving you like a bad reaction, but only using a product a couple of times and then having like squirrel syndrome, like squirrel, and then switching to a different option before you give a product a fair shot is honestly just wasteful. That's kind of number three. I know I went down a rabbit hole on that one, but putting some boundaries around your personal consumption habits has been so key for me. Finding your tried and trues, sticking to them, telling yourself, okay, 
I'm going to use up the products that I have. And once they're used up at that point in time, I will have an opportunity to make a choice between sticking with what I have or trying a new option. Okay. So it doesn't mean you can't try new things and it doesn't mean you don't have the allure or the novelty of like trying and using new products, but you're just not hopping from product to product to product to product and building up a product graveyard underneath your bathroom sink. Okay. So that's number three. Now here's the last one. And again, this one's a little woo woo and a little deeper, but honestly it's very true. And it really has to do with learning how to leverage the comparison that your brain is going to offer you for good. So we compare ourselves to anything and everything that we can possibly compare, right? We compare our bodies, we compare our levels of success, we compare our lives, our personalities, our senses of humor, our accomplishments, all of it. But in that comparing, we end up feeling bad and we can really use the magnificence of other people against ourselves. And when you can learn to appreciate someone else's magnificence and you see their humanness and you appreciate the beauty and the accomplishment and the success and the humor and the personality in other people, it makes it so much easier for you to acknowledge that within yourself. If there is something that you see in someone else, like it's available to you as well. It's an opportunity for you as well. And it's something that you can use to inspire you, to motivate you, to create that in your own life. And so that's how you can utilize comparison as energy to go and get that for yourself. If you're going to spend the time to compare yourself and compare your life to someone else's, I want you to do it in a way where you can appreciate, where you can be inspired, motivated by someone else's life. We can see other people on the internet and we can be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing, right? Like I'm so inspired by that. I want some of that too. I like the way that they do that. I like the way that they look. I like the way that they take care of themselves. I like the way that they create success. I would like to do that for myself. And I really think that the reason that we have so much interest in other people's lives is because really deep down, we have a desire for it and we are meant to have it as well. But many of us use the comparison against ourselves and we use it as an opportunity to create a lot of jealousy in our lives. And that is mostly the comparison that I see going on on social media. There's such a tremendous amount of comparison, of painful comparison that's happening on the internet. And everyone's looking at everyone else and everyone's being judged by everyone else and everyone's competing for likes and comments and attention. And Really what this has created is like we've put ourselves in a position where other people's attention and other people's commentary about us and about our lives seems to matter more to us than our own likes and our own commentary and our own approval about our own lives. And this has to be a conscious choice that we make. I don't think that the solution is just avoiding everything and avoiding comparing because your brain is just going to do it. It's very natural for your brain to go there. And I think comparing is fine if we can use it to create a sense of appreciation and inspiration and motivation because there are beautiful things in the world. There are beautiful people in the world. But I think just also realizing that you are you. You going out and buying something that someone else has, or again, you know, hitting copy paste on someone else's life isn't going to make you them. At the end of the night, your head's still going to hit the pillow and you're going to be you. 
I always tell you guys, no matter how much you manipulate your external environment, your brain isn't going to change. It's always going to come with you. It's always going to be there regardless of what your external world looks like. And, you know, I am Paige. You are you. There's only one Paige and there's only one you. I was meant to be who I am and you were meant to be who you are. And me trying to be an imitation of someone else or compare myself to someone else in a way that discourages me from being truly who I'm meant to be, then the world is going to completely miss out on me. And the same is true for you. You trying to be someone else, that means that the world is going to miss out on you and who you uniquely are. Instead of looking to the outside world to see what's great and trying to be like it, I want to recommend that you just look inside and you bring something new into the world. And the more of us that are bold enough to do that, then the more beautiful the world is going to become. Like when we're all just trying to be like someone else, when we're all just trying to follow a certain influencer and be influenced by them, we miss out on our own influence for ourselves. I am my own biggest influencer, okay? There's no bigger influencer to Paige Pritchard than Paige Pritchard, okay? There's no one that has more of an influence over me than me. And I want the same to be true for you, okay? Are you your own biggest influencer? I hope that you are. This is the last one, is just learning how to turn social media into a place that you are inspired by rather than being influenced by. Like I can follow people on social media and I can have a glimpse into their life and their world and use it as a source of inspiration, But that doesn't mean I have to fall into the trap of believing that I need to go out and create a carbon copy of someone's life, their skincare routine, their house, their car, their makeup bag, their shower, their pantry, their ice cube collection to look exactly like theirs. Because we're all unique. We're all beautiful. We all bring our own individuality to the table. And we need to be confident in that. We need to go all in on that instead of looking to someone else to create that for us. So you guys, that's what I have for you this week. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a longer one in terms of our topic conversations. I enjoy you sticking with me, but I will tell you this to kind of wrap us up. This is something that I say to myself a lot. This is an affirmation, a very popular affirmation that I love that I say a lot to myself. I always say, I am enough. I have enough. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Okay. I am enough. I have enough. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. So for you, I'm going to say you are enough. You have enough. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I'm going to give you a little bonus. Don't ever let a stranger on the internet convince you otherwise. I love you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey girl, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. 
you have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.